0: Well, I was watching um, the coverage. Oh, I'm just going to jump right in here. Jarring. Um, I don't have much time. just want to cut right to the chase. Um, it's what, Tuesday, September 14th, the year of the Lord, 2021 broadcasting. <sighs> Unfortunately, out of Capitol Hill. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor-in-chief of the National Pulse. Jump right in. I was watching the, whatever it's called, the Met Gala. So I was in New York and I was walking past it and I saw all this commotion and all this nonsense and I was asking my buddy, I was like, what, are, what the heck is going on here? It's the Met Gala, it's the Met Gala. What the heck is the Met Gala? Apparently it's some fancy pants thing that all the fancy pants people do. I, you know, I don't really, you know, fancy pants used to be a phrase that you use to kind of, it was a little bit of envy built in there. There's no envy built in this anyway. You see how these people dress, these are mentalists. This is a mentalist conference is what happened last night. Um, and of course, all of the coverage overnight. AOC wore a white dress. It said tax the rich on the back and it's $30,000 to hang out at the Met Gala and all this. Like, yeah, sure, I'll jump in on social media. But I thought to myself, okay, cool. Nothing interesting happened yesterday. I won't have to do a podcast. Built my day around that. And then, boom. We learned today that General Mark Milley, one of the most senior people in the United States government, has effectively staged a coup. Welcome to the National Pulse. Um, This is is everything. This is absolutely everything to the point where when I sat down at this microphone a moment ago, I didn't even really want to play the music. I think the music even just, just, takes away from the gravity of the situation that we're in here now. Uh, Long-term listeners uh, of the National Pulse, readers of the website will know that we set our faces like flint to exposing um, treason effectively, right? Uh, People who are in hock to the Chinese Communist Party, people who work happily with it, uh, Fauci, Wendy Sherman, Peter daschuk all of these people, and it's it's no surprise it comes as no surprise to me when natalie winters brings me the latest story and says hey as she just did by the way she just texts me another one hey this person has actually been colluding with them too here's a link uh here's how i'm gonna frame the story i'm like yeah sure cool like let's get it up let's expose all of these people as quickly and as often as possible but this one's different this one bears some very very serious considerations And I say it knowing how it may come across, especially to an audience that may not know me, and this is your job, ladies and gentlemen, is to share this podcast with as many people as possible. The very least that we can all do is to make sure that all of our friends, family members, colleagues, people we bump into in the street really understand what's going on. But Mark Milley... The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the highest ranking military official in this country, principal military advisor to the president, the National Security Council, the Homeland Security Council, the Secretary of Defense, I just, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to have to say these words. It'll make it real to me. Sometimes you live in Washington D.C. You see how the sausage is made. It's kind of fantasy land. It's comedy land. They're clowns. It's this clown world with your money. But this new book, and speaking of new books, we have a, we have a guest on the show in a moment who I'll bring into this conversation, who has a much a much more interesting book than I I imagine uh, this one. I'm about to quote from will will be in the round. But every uh, broken clock is right twice a day, and this new book by Bob Woodward and Bob Costa—it's called *Peril*. These these are people who have extraordinary access to the oligarchy. They are part of it. They're, they're, they're the kind of, uh, um, you know, notary republics of the uh, of the oligarchy. Uh, Costa, nice guy, by the way, and Woodward, not so nice guy, by the way. They report in their book, Peril, that just before the election of last year, and indeed after January 6th, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, I don't want to say it, I don't want to say it, back-channeled through secret communications to the Chinese Communist Party, specifically his counterpart within the Chinese Communist Party, General Li Zusheng, that if Donald Trump, President Trump, elected President of the United States, freely, fairly, no collusion, etc., as we now know, Milley goes to the Chinese Communist Party He says, listen, if Trump tries to attack you, I'll give you forewarning. He also implies in these communications, and specifically some communications that it appears that he had with Nancy Pelosi around the same time, that he wouldn't even necessarily carry out any of the orders of the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief of the United States military. Now, there is a lot, a lot, to talk about there, and I'm I'm delighted to bring on none other than my good friend uh, Matt Palumbo, the content manager of the uh, the Bongino Report, and the author of a brand new book due out shortly about none other than George Soros. Matt, thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Yeah, throw me back on,
0: Matt. I don't know how much you've taken a look into this story yet, but I'd like to get your, uh, your response to this. I mean, I think this is potentially one of the most heinous things uh, this country has ever seen. A, a member, the, the most senior member of the armed forces appears to have directly uh, gone to a hostile power, a hostile power that is interested in invading U.S. allies in the region, in its region, um, a hostile power that has engaged in uh, multiple provocations, uh, cyber attacks against the United States, flooding the country uh, with fentanyl, opioids of all sorts. Um, you go through you, you go through the CBP press release part of their website. You'll see um, hostile to a lot of other allied nations of the United States, but pretty, pretty much as bad as you can get, right? Pretty much as bad as you can get. We're talking Nazi Germany-level stuff here. And yeah, I mean, I, the chairman of the I, Joint I just, Chief of Staff says, hey, we're going to tip you off if that Trump guy wants to defend Taiwan or something like that, Matt.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just read the story when you sent it to me, I think, an hour or so ago. But, it, I mean, the unfortunate thing is it's really not surprising. I mean, just, ever since Biden took office and, you know, I, there's been all these stories like them pushing, you know, critical race theory or, or racial propaganda or all just, you know, focusing attention on things that, you know, don't really have to do with military readiness, but more, you know, almost seem like they're trying to purposely destabilize the military and Um, you know, we, you know, right-wing media has been reporting it a lot more under Biden. But I always have suspicion. You know, like there's no way it just started in January. I feel like (laughs) this must have been kind of going on behind the scenes this whole time. Um, and this sort of confirms that to some extent that yes, I mean, they're always they always have been trying to make, uh, you know, the swamp is real for us. Um, and it takes uh, evidently a lot more than what administration to drain, unfortunately.
0: It's so such a good point. You know, this didn't yeah. this didn't change in in October of last year or in January yeah. uh, of this year. How long? How long have people like General Milley been effectively colluding with enemies of the United States in order to <laughs> neutralize the President of the United States? I mean, that is what is that is what is going on here. I I, I got to tell you, I was at the gym when I even found out this story was you know floating around. I, I was watching MSNBC funnily enough, on the on the screens in front of me, and they flashed it across the Chiron, and I thought to myself, well, they don't really realize what this means, because otherwise they really <laughs> wouldn't be reporting on it. But what it, what it really truly means, and ladies and gentlemen, do not take my word for it. I always say that. Don't take my word for it. Go into the reporting yourselves. It's the lead story up at the National Pulse. You can go and check it out on the Washington Post or in any other of the sites that are covering this right now. Just pick your poison and go and read what Millie has done here, because it is... It is something akin to treason, um, I believe. And it, it goes it goes even further than this, of course. Uh, Milley has shown incredible deference to Joe Biden since Biden took office. And in the book, it actually says that Milley told the Joint Chiefs of Staff, quote, you're dealing with a seasoned politician here who has been in Washington, D.C. 50 years or whatever it is. So don't second guess his decisions on the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Well, we now know how well that went. Um, Matt, what are the accountability? I keep thinking to myself now. I was looking at um, I was looking at some New York Times reporting from twenty seventeen about Vladimir Putin this morning, and I noted that they had written, "Mr. Putin's government has cracked down hard on dissent, spying on, jailing, and critics charge sometimes assassinating opponents while consolidating control over the news media and internet." Um, that sounds like Vladimir Biden, not Vladimir Putin, to me. Yeah. So how could there, how can there even be, you know, any any recall? Let's talk about that. How can there be any any um, accountability here? They own, they own and control everything, and apparently at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party.
1: Well, ultimately, I mean, I think we all know this. Everyone listening, there isn't going to be any accountability. I mean, the only accountability, you know, quote unquote, accountability we can enforce. It's just making sure people are aware of the truth. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, they, they, they make the rules. They've always made the rules. A lot of conservatives don't get to realize that. Um, and, and I mean, if there's anything to me, I think it started with Ralph Northam, where he was the first to realize that, like, as long as you're a liberal, you can just kind of wait out a scandal for about a week or two. And it just kind of goes away at that point. Um, they're already sort of doing that with Afghanistan as a whole, where, you know, they told us they're ready to get everyone out. And then, you know, the, the deadline went past. They changed the talking point so well, actually, the people there want to stay there. And then that, you know, didn't really work. So now they're, again, acknowledging, okay, there's still a couple hundred people stranded. Mm. But now they're trying to move on to, like, things like infrastructure and, and you know, and the budget. And, and it's just kind of a, we can only hold them to account, you know, for for you know weeks at a time, it seems like. But when it comes to consequences, it just seems like that's where we always seem to lose.
0: What do you think of um, what do you think of what's going on in California at the moment? Obviously, it's D Day for the uh, for the recall election, and uh, the Democrats have been kind of crowing for the last forty eight hours. Oh, we got this, we got this. Don't even worry about it. I mean, you know that is some that is some level of hutzpah considering the. Uh, uh, I think fundamental unpopularity um, of Gavin Newsom, the fundamental unpopularity of Democrats across the country, the fundamental unpopularity of Joe Biden across the country. I mean, have you ever seen in your life, um, you know, at ball games, charity events, 9-11 memorial commemorations, people chanting F you to the president of the United States like that?
1: And no, they didn't even do that to Trump, So clearly it uh, actually means something this time. Um, I think the irony too is probably one in five of those people chanting that probably voted for the guy uh, less than a year ago. Yeah. Um. As, as for the California recall, I mean, it's unfortunately, or you know, he is polling. Uh, Gavin Newsom is polling um, that he's likely to stay in office, and even you know the the right wing polls or not really right wing, but um, like Tulsi Gabbard can ask me that right. The um, even there it has that'll stay in office. Um. But even a month ago, they he was basically tied. Yeah. Um. With like, not with Elder, however they do the poll, like, again, yeah, yeah, guess, yeah. Like tied, yes tied, no tied, yeah, tied, get out, or stay in, right. Yeah, yeah, just a month ago, he was tied. So, it's, I mean, it is weird to see, I think the polls open up, like, 20, like a 20-point gap in the past month. Um, so, yeah, it is weird to see such a reversal, and I'm not, you know, sure what event could have possibly drawn that. Um, but I don't know, I mean, the, the fact that they were able to get the re- competition enough signatures at least says something, even if, you know, just does end up getting recalled.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see all sorts of funny business surrounding it, quite frankly, and I think... We're well, we,
1: we already were. I mean, and this is just one polling station, but there was one yesterday where a, a number of people went to vote and they were told they had already voted. Um, coincidentally, every single one of them that happened was a Republican. And, you know, of course, me, you know, it's just one location, but obviously, you know, we don't know. Maybe that's multiplied across many. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll wait and see, I guess.
0: Yeah, frankly, I think I voted and I'm not even eligible. <laughs> for, for multiple reasons i'm not eligible um yeah. matt i think i think um there's there's just there's this preponderance of of i i i know you're more level-headed than i am i i look at things a little bit more um from a how do, how do i how do i put this without insulting either of us um from a kind of a supernatural level almost you know this this fight between good and evil that's taking mm-hmm. place right now, and and I know you're kind of more um, studious, academic, and and level-headed about a lot of these things, but I don't see much reason to be optimistic at the moment. What say you? Oh, uh, about what? Just the country in
1: general? Yeah, yeah I, love I this mean, stuff. It, I mean, it's, I don't know if there is a, a place of optimism. I want to know where, because I mean, we just I, and I know I'm just kind of repeating a Republican talking points, so they're all true. It, it's okay. We've a record labor shortage. We've got record inflation. We've Scrapped twenty years of progress in the Middle East. Not like there was, you know, really much progress to begin with, but whatever right. we had is gone. Um it, it seems like our president can't even answer questions correct. Uh, and whenever he does, that the White House cuts off his prompter. So clearly, you know, he's answering competently or else they'd let us see it. Um it it's just there's not one data point anyone can really point to right now that gives uh and it calls for optimism, unfortunately.
0: It's extraordinary. It's really extraordinary. Oh, yeah. Um and I think Look, I know a lot of people out there, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're listening to this, and you're going, "All right, well, come on, you know what? What am I? What am I listening for? Is this just the decline podcast now?" Um, and in a way, yes, quite frankly. But um, but I, I know a lot of people out there, Matt, feel like actually, you know, the point the point that you're making, Raheem is the is the source of some optimism because it means more people are waking up it means more people are getting out and demonstrating it means more people are becoming precinct committeemen taking their uh their their country's future into their own hands are you are you i mean i see i see i see sparks of that out there but i've yet to see a unified movement of it what do do you
1: think of that are uh, you going against Biden or just like about in general? I think in
0: general, people are kind of wondering where, you know, where, not just where their political future lies, but they're starting to make the link between a political future, and and any future. You know, you can't have one without the other. The, the, if the state is everything, cradle to grave, uh, then that is your life. You don't get to dictate it. And I, th- I think some people are starting to to, to to countenance it. The problem I find, and, and I'm, I'm doing a tee-up for your book here in a minute, the problem I find is that you have a lot of people who are... Uh, who have decided that actually cradle to grave statism is what I want. I want to sit on TikTok all day. I want checks to arrive in the mail. I don't want to have to necessarily do anything. If I do something, it's got to be, you know, mindless menial labor that I can just kind of clock into between making, you know, my latest TikTok videos. And then the other half of the country wants the complete opposite, the total reverse of that. I don't even see how the union holds along those lines.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah, it's hard to tell anecdotally because the thing is liberals are much more uh, loud and obnoxious about their views than conservatives are. Um, I mean you can see that really like on social media among any uh, any notable news event where like all the kids in your high school are posting insufferable liberal opinions and that's really the only opinion you see. While you know conservatives are kind of more going about it in private. Yeah. Um but, you know it's it, it you know it's always going to definitely appear publicly that there's more uh, liberal sentiments. Um, but you know I, I think in private it. it probably more balanced out even if young people are more liberal um, you know as for an opposition against Joe Biden um, i you know i haven't really seen anyone really step forward to kind of lead that charge yet um, unfortunately I don't, I don't know like how you know in, in previous elections when that kind of person would have come forward i mean after all it only has been you know whatever 8, eight or so months as as, bad as, it, as it, uh, God,
0: it feels like it feels like eight or nine years. I mean it, right. it really does. I mean, I suppose the left kind of felt this way under Trump, but at least things were going well. You know, people got people got wealthier, gas prices were getting lower. Um yeah. they they confected a lot of things, you know. Oh, he's well, friends with totalitarians. Well, no, that was that was General Milley. Oh, he's colluding against a country with another country. No, that was General Milley. Oh, he is, you know, misabusing the chains of
1: command. No, that was General Milley. Really? Um, <laughs> well, well, they they, they turned the presidency into just like a play by play of everything Trump's doing, plus reality show. So, like, there's no coverage of the economy or you know things that he's actually getting done. And it was all like, oh my god, this staffer only worked there for eight days, and he said something bad about the other staff on the way out, or, mm. or I mean, we, we literally saw CNN covering uh, Trump's ice cream usage. Um, yeah. One actually, my favorite, my favorite event of the entire administration was on um, the Washington Post fact checker. Um, he has like a list of Trump lies. And I'm not kidding. So there was an event Trump had where he, he had McDonald's cater it. Yeah. Um, so Trump, you know, he was, was like some basketball or some sports thing. But he was saying to the players before him, he said something like, you know, we got so many big packs that you put them uh, like you stack them on top of each other. They would reach the moon. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. They stacked. they did the math on how many burgers it would take to reach the moon to prove that Trump lied. Is that true? So 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 that was the level of analysis we're getting uh, under the Trump administration by the media, unfortunately. Um and, and you know, it, it does put horse blinders on a lot of people who don't know anything about politics and they don't realize that they're kind of been setting they're being fed nonsense by people who don't really know anything.
0: It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Matt, I won't take up too much more of your time, but I want to get into your book. Um sure. your last one was was phenomenal. Um Thank you, you do such a great job managing the uh the homepage of the Bongino Report as well. I mean, your lead story at the moment up there is just is just
1: perfect, I would say. I think one of the greatest stories we've ever run.
0: I think that's right. And uh, for yeah. those that don't know, if you click that Read More link up on the Bongino Report's lead story right now, it goes straight to the NationalPulse.com. So a little bit of, little bit of nepotism going on right here. Um, <laughs> Matt, tell us about the next book. What's it called? Why did you write it? And why would it be better if I had written it?
1: Ooh, well, I mean, I the last question is unanswerable, but uh, it's called uh, the, the Man Behind the Curtain, The Secret Network of George Soros, um, though it's actually quite public. It's just no one's really kind of put the pieces together, um, and, you know, I think an easily digestible format, um, which is really what I aimed to do with the book. You know, it started as, well, it started as a project. Uh, Dan Mangino actually pitched the idea to me. Um, and he kind of wanted me to start uh, uh, by doing something that was sort of an expansion of his last book, which is called Follow the Money. Mm. Um, and it's part of a trilogy he's done just on like, the chief state's efforts to take down Trump, um, starting from before the, even the 2016 election, all throughout his presidency. Um, and I actually helped out with the first one called Flygate. Um, so it, it grew out of his third book in that series, so obviously the trilogy. Um, and th- there's a section in it that had a lot to do with you know, Ukraine and impeachment. Obviously, it was the Ukrainian, uh, the cold, the Ukrainian president. That sparked it all, um, and there you know there was a mention of a number of connections between you know so-called anti-corruption organizations in Ukraine that were Soros funded, um, you, know, you know the alleged whistleblower, um, and then also a lot of like you sort of like deep state and like, U.S. Um, figures in Ukraine. Um, so I just sort of built an entire um, really short book based you know like a fifteen thousand word really brief thing. You know, it's actually probably half the length of a short book. Yeah. Um, just expanding that out, just on all the Soros Ukraine connections, and then you know, it was a question of, all right, I've got another 55,000 words to fill. So, you know, what what am I going to try to make this book? Um, So I just try to make it really a comprehensive overview of of starting with his life and, you know, everything you need to know. Growing up, who was he? Where did he come from? How did he make all this money? Um, And, you know, of course, there's a lot of dirt uh, on the way, uh, some of which people will be familiar with, but I think a lot of new stuff um, in there as well. And then the rest is sort of, I mean, it's, biography slash reference guide slash I, I don't know what you, what you call it but like I'll go through for instance uh, I'll do a check just on media and I'll just go through every single person in the news media connected to Soros you know whether it's directly through his organization oh, that's cool. uh, or if they work for a Soros or an organization and then you know what boards they sit on and it's pretty much every mainstream outlet that's um, someone Soros related um, and you know I can find examples of like their coverage being biased in front of them so you know there's no doubt that it, it's influencing them um and I just try to do that for pretty much every you know every subcategory of life. So like I, I do one on colleges, he's been influencing. Um, I have a lot on his influence in the 2020 election, and then even prior elections. although, you know I try to focus uh, more, more contemporary. Um, and then you know I, I another interesting section I think too was I found maybe a dozen or so leaked documents from sources organizations. Um, so you sort of get like some perspective there on you know what what they how they phrase things when you know when they don't think we're reading. Um, so that's you know basically overview of the book. It's say, a critical biography, around seventy or so thousand words. Um, and then at the end of the book too, I have like an appendix where um, pretty much every single notable organization that source has ever touched, I have the, you know a brief overview of. Um, if just flip through it and, and you know kind of find anything um that you think might be funded by the guy.
0: What was the thing that sort of surprised you most or interested you most when you were when you were researching and writing this thing?
1: Uh well. The, the, the most interesting thing was, and, and it was, I, I was kind of surprised we haven't, uh, you know, quote unquote, seized or bounced on it. Um, it's how kind of openly, uh, not corrupt, but uh, uh, egomaniacal the guy is. And I, I know you've read his biographies and his books as well. And there's really no effort to hide that he's self centered, that even his philanthropy is ultimately for himself, um, and that he just seems to kind of like meddling for the sake of meddling. Um, you know, I, I assumed he would have been a. Uh, you know, done what most liberals do and kinda of use language to you know, cleverly to cloak what his true motives are. But he he's uh, uh I don't know, a very transparent siff for I guess.
0: Do you think he thinks of himself as a failure?
1: Yeah, oh he, he's referenced I mean I have quotes in the book. He refers to himself as a God. He, he's I think my you know even my opening quotes of the book is him saying he his goal is to be the conscience of the world, um which thinks God will never happen. <laughs> um but yeah he definitely sees himself that way.
0: It's really interesting to me because he he always wanted to be a philosopher, not a not a philanthropist, and he he failed. I mean, he was he was derivative, mm-hmm. boring, dull, um, unoriginal. Uh, struggled really to get any 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 points across, let alone come up with anything anything new or worthwhile. Uh, you know, offering anything worthwhile to humanity, and so he kind of it seemed like he pivoted to politics as a, as a, and a philanthropy within politics as a means by which to kind of convince himself that, you know, if I can't make good change, I can still make change. And and as you and I know, that change for change's sake is often very destructive. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, he first wanted to finance, and then, you yeah, know, well, his account is that he wanted to finance, made $100 million, and then said, you know, I don't need any more money, I'll just put it all towards philanthropy. Now, obviously, his net worth is something like, I mean, if you exclude his most recent donation to his foundation, his net worth would be something like $40 million, so clearly... uh hundred million wasn't enough, but that—that that was his origin story for the philanthropy. Wait, his net worth now is what? I'm sorry,
0: go ahead. His net worth now is what?
1: So it's uh, it's under ten million, but he he, T- don't, he very recently donated about thirty. Uh, sorry, about thirty billion. Billion. Um, billion his yeah. so he's got about ten billion left after that. It's like you know, eight point something billion. But but How do you he, he live off that. <laughs> that's a good question but yeah, it, it, it's effectively 40 billion but technically 10
0: I don't get um. out of bed for less than 50 <laughs> um, well Matt um, I don't want to go too long with you because I want to keep this tight and uh, and make sure that people get a chance to pre-order the book when's it coming out?
1: so it'll be out uh, near the end of December um, and so far we're pre-order in uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble obviously I think most people would prefer Barnes Noble just because it's not Amazon yeah, I
0: see. It's on. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on Bookshop. It's on Books a Million. I think it's on Indiebound. Um, are you yeah. going to have audiobooks?
1: Yeah, sort audio and Kindle out. Um, wait, hold on, like hold me. on.
0: You're, wait, just remind the audience where are you from. i uh, New Yeah, please don't narrate the audiobook yourself. <laughs> I will <would laughs> no, not be able. To, I won't be able to understand it, and I won't be able to put it on two and a half times speed.
1: They wouldn't let me. So no, <laughs> don't worry about it sore rolls um that's
0: that's kind of that's kind of my matt palumbo and anthony fauci had a love child and that's how it speaks um, it. but it's out for pre-order now it's got a w- w- amazing amazing endorsements i want to read one uh so, quote soros has been demonized critiqued and ostracized by the political right now he has been explained and in doing so exposed Matt Palumbo shows he is worthy of his position as Dan Bongino's acolyte in the man behind the curtain. Get this book, read this book, act upon this book. Stephen K. Bannon. That's a pretty. So that's true. a pretty solid endorsement.
1: Yeah, I uh, obviously agree with every word of it. And we even got a uh, Newt Gingrich, who, uh, as we know, is apparently not allowed to utter the man's name on Fox News to endorse it as well. Oh, yeah. uh, so two very uh, heavy hitters there. That's so
0: good. That's so good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to pre order this. Um, Matt, your social media coordinates so people can follow you.
1: Oh, yeah, Twitter, MattPalumbo12. Um, that's really the only place I'm uh, Wait, active why are right you now. on
0: Getter. I'm where? Getter? I don't know. I don't want to track attractive, man. Oh, man. I'm now like. At Is there any way
1: I can I'm at like 510,000
0: people on Getter. How, what do you say? Is there any way I can
1: like sync it so it posts to both and then I'll, I won't be lazy and I might doing so? Originally,
0: I uh, get had that functionality, and then Twitter kind of, I think, had a little legal hissy fit about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, their API is kind of restrictive in that regard, but uh, I, I actually can I tell you something? I actually find what I do is I save my kind of best and spiciest thoughts for getter. And my Twitter posts are really just to divert traffic to the National Pulse and to my Getter page. So right, that's how I use that's it. I think it's great by the way. And I think the the technology is only going to get better. So I'm going to get you on Getter. Oh, by the way, dude, I'll get you verified if that's your worry. You know, I know you don't you want to look no, like what you a shmender on there. You, we, <laughs> can you, we can
1: make you a, we can make a Bungino reporter account and have like an RSS feed too. Yeah, let's do it. There. Let's do it. All right, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that offline.
0: All right, Matt Palumbo, you're a gentleman, you're a scholar. Your book is out December the 21st. It's called Man the man behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to do me a big solid and make sure you pre-order that right now. Otherwise, Matt will never come on this show again. He'll say, you got no sway, Raheem. you got no, You got no leverage. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, bud. Cheers.
0: Well, look, I wanted to have Matt on uh, specifically because, well, frankly, I wanted to plug his book. Uh, he's a great guy. He's done a great job with his book. And, um, and I want everybody to get it. Uh, not least because the real, the real danger... The real dangerous Soros is just now coming into his own. That would be Alex Soros, son of George Soros. So um, now is a very, very good time. Now, the reason I ribbed him a little bit there with my third question, which was why would have been better if I had written it, was I told Matt about a year and a half ago that I had bought every book by, about, or featuring George Soros. And I was going to read them all and do this epic book about George Soros. I never got round to it, of course. Um, story of my life. Um, but Matt has done this. <laughs> Matt had basically stolen the idea, which is totally fine by me, because at least he did it. And um, I think I could have done a better job. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the book is The Man Behind the Curtain. Um, I'm going to get it. I want everybody else to get it. Uh, and I'll, I'll, in fact, what I'll do is I'll get Matt to maybe sign a couple copies and give them away to our, um, our members over at the National Pulse. That's right. The National Pulse is run by you, ladies and gentlemen. It's funded by you, ladies and gentlemen. I just got off the phone with another one of our uh, lifetime members yesterday. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful lady. Usually I do twenty-minute calls with our members. She, we, she was so interesting and intriguing and kind and friendly and funny. We stayed on the phone for an hour. Um it's my favorite thing to do. It's a perfect escape from from Washington DC world. So if you want to come over and join us, we have a Discord chat channel, you get calls with me, uh, cool swag in the mail. The website is real simple. It's just fundrealnews.com and you might be opening your wallet and a bat is flying out of it and there's cobwebs and you might think I can't afford that. Listen, you can join our Discord for just $5 a month. Uh think of it as the equivalent of buying me a very very cheap beer. Um, and, and, and come on down, join us. Um, look, I'm 31 minutes into this podcast today. And I, I, I said last time that I don't say, I don't come down here and hit this record button and, and go through all of the rigmarole of, of uploading a podcast unless I really have something to say. Um, and I, I, I'm not an alarmist. I don't want, I don't want people setting their hair on fire and, 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 you know, panicking over these things. But just to shift the tone here a little bit. Um, I do think this Millie thing today is kind of everything. I do. Um, I think it's it's the biggest sign that we've seen so far that there was actually a coup in the United States and it did it was the oligarchy selling out to the Chinese Communist Party. It's not just it's not just, you know, the Fareed Zakarias of the world, people trying to grift us trying to make a quick buck. But this is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Again, read the story for yourselves. Hell, for all I care, go out and buy that book, Peril, by Woodward and and um Caster. I probably will. Um let it sink in. That the that the the woke general, as we know him now, and I know like, okay, we, we all probably have pretty poor uh, estimations of Millie, but this is different. This isn't about character. This is now about treason right this is about something i don't think this country has ever really experienced which is its own government turning against the nation itself against the constitution against the people and handing the reins of the next century to a communist totalitarian murderous uh you know, you want to talk about ethno-supremacism, look no further than the Chinese Communist Party. You know, group of thugs, group of thugs, an international cartel of, of gangsters who have outplayed, outthought, outmaneuvered, outspent America's best and brightest. And I've got some news for you. It's because you're best and brightest as shit. They just are. I'm sorry. I know there's been a couple of people complaining about my uh, my language in the comments section. I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit, but there is an art to swearing. I can. Ju- I just. I heard the echoes of people at home right there going, "Fuck yeah." <laughs> Um there is an art to it. It underscores points in a way that you can't do necessarily in 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 speaking. You know, it's kind of like an underline or an italic. There are other ways to to emphasize a point for sure, but sometimes you just need a good classic f bomb. And look for the squeamish people who are listening to this around their 12-year-old children, maybe that ain't for you. Sorry about that um but your ruling class is shit they're dumb they're dumb they have low IQs their primary concern is their bank balance the secondary concern is how much power they can wield over you because you're the schmendrick and I want you to internalize that, really. I know we got some wealthy people in this audience. we got some poor people in this audience. we got some politically active, politically inactive, homeowners, renters. I know it. I know it. I talk to you guys every day. In the Discord, on social media, in, in person, on the phone. I know it. I know who you are. I know the, I know the breadth, the, the diversity of this audience. There's one thing you share in common, and I have it in common with you too we're with we're, we're the bottom rung of the ladder to these people. We don't matter. Our lives don't matter. Our freedoms don't matter. Our bank balances certainly don't matter. They only matter in the sense that they would like more from our bank balances and more for them. You know, when AOC wears her, by the way, tacky dress, not even a good dress, take the writing off it. It's a, it's a crap dress. It doesn't even look good. By the way, the best part of all of that is she got ripped off. Even if she got that for a dollar, she got ripped off. It's made out of like, whatever you call it, polystyrene and shit. <laughs> it's just gross. It's just gross. But she goes to the Met Gala. The Met Gala tacks the rich on her bum. And then she's wiggling for the cameras. These are your representatives. This is embarrassing. It's humiliating. I think the rest of the world is looking at that, going, "Oh yeah, that's that's cool, America." Yeah, that they know where it's at. No, they think you're an idiot. They think you're all idiots. You have this in your Congress. She's wiggling her bum at the Met Gala. Tax the rich. She doesn't want to tax the rich. You think she was going around there yesterday with a hat, collection plate? Hey sign it up, 25% of all your income, 50% of all your income right now, let's go, no, she was going around to all of those people, all of those people, I guarantee you, who pay 2% or 3% or 5% because they've got very complex and clever tax arrangements, she's going around there going, don't worry, I don't mean you guys, I don't mean you guys, I mean the upper middle class, You know, the people who are making a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year, not the people who are making billions of dollars a year. Obviously, I can't be taxing you. You own the media companies and the social media companies and all of that that keeps me who I am. AOC. Fraudsters. Total fraudsters. And then you got, I mean, look at it today. Some of you may be out there thinking, why are you so shocked about this? You know, you've not been paying attention. Of course I've been paying attention. I am the attention. (laughs) I am the loop. I am the science, as Fauci likes to say. But there is something particularly galling, hurtful, soul-destroying about this country going through. United States of America going through it because I came over here thinking well oh, glad at least I've escaped decline as a mentality people in England listening to this will know for certain that Westminster mindset we're not good enough we're not big enough we're not clever enough We're not strong enough. We're not important enough. These are all the things that the political establishment tried to ram down our throats on the run-up to that Brexit referendum, right? Britain can't go it alone in the world. We're puny and pathetic people. No, the country responded. We're big enough. We're ugly enough. We can chart our own course. Now, fast forward five years, and of course you've got this homunculus, buffoon, to quote himself, supine, invertebrate, jellied, pusillanimous, moron, frankly, in charge of the country, Boris Johnson, but at least the British public have it within their gift, somewhat. Now that the power is vested back in Westminster and not in Brussels. Where is America's power vested right now? Serious question. Because it sure feels like that power is vested in Beijing. Not in Washington, D.C. Think very carefully about what everything means. When they say it to you. When they try and sell you on something. Think very carefully about what it means. What does it mean when they say the adults are in charge again? Do you really think they mean Joe Biden? Do you really think they mean AOC? Or do they mean... The Chinese Communist Party, who can basically pull on the strings of almost any person in the U.S. government. There was a man they couldn't pull on the strings of, a man by the name of Trump. And they sure saw to it that not only would he not get a second term, but that his voice would effectively be nullified. Now, I know I complained on the last podcast that uh, Trump's interviews aren't even necessarily worth listening to anymore, and that's true, I stand by that. I say that to people all the time, I'm not hiding it, I'm saying it publicly. It's not being me being snide, I just think he needs to mix it up a bit. I think he's got it within him, but I think he needs to mix it up. Well, what should he do? I don't know. You know, if he was sitting here in front of me, I think we'd have a pretty good discussion about what he should do. But it ain't cutting through right now, and it ain't cutting through for a multitude of reasons. One of those reasons is the big tech and the CCP don't want him to. The third reason is that he's just, he's lacking a little bit of the mojo at the moment. Maybe he's saving himself. I don't think he should. But old man... Maybe just saving the energy for the big campaign. That's hope. Whatever. But you see the arc here. You see the, the narrative, the trajectory, the arc of history that is playing out before us. It is, the, it is the handover without your consent of your power, your money, your intellectual property, your future, your children's future. To a bunch of thugs from China. That is what is happening. That is what we will continue to report on. And hey, you know, if the ship goes down, the Western civilization, the SS Western civilization, I'll go down with it. We're not jumping over to that side anytime. Anytime. No QCEF cash, no ten cent investments will convince us that that criminal cartel should be worked with. No. They don't believe the same things as you and I do. They don't believe essentially, essentially. Pay very close attention to, to words when they're used, essentially at the essential core of it all, they do not believe in liberty, in humanity. And that's all there is to it. I want to say a great big thank you to some of our newest members who have joined up at fundrealnews.com. If you haven't made the jump over yet, please think very seriously about supporting real news. I know you give to political candidates and you may have never given to a news media organization yet, but we don't take corporate cash. So thank you to ordinary people for backing us up. Gene, Ed, Cheryl, Butch, Janine, Jerry, Rose, Bill, Elizabeth, Connie, Joe, Nancy, William, Linda, Bertha, Doug, Alan, Rhonda, John, Sandra, Laurie, Patricia, Daniel, Don, Nahida, Bill, Marsha, Jerry, Ellen, Gib, James, Donna, Murray, Kevin, Charlene, Sharon, Sheila, a lot of shiz. There. Timothy, Rachel, Gary, Bas, Trung, Ryan, Florence, John, Jane, Judith, Gail, Eric, Jan, Nancy, Kimberly, Billy, John, Joe, Jackie, Latham, Thomas, Julie, Peter, Yelena, Dana, Walker, Steven, Zhao, Paulette, Carol, Tolek, Tamara, James, Greg, Elvira, Elmo, Vicky, James, Teresa, Faye, Paul, Lawrence, Charles that is just in the last couple of weeks. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining up and supporting our work. I appreciate it. Natalie appreciates it. We'll see you next time. The next thing I next time I have something to say. Here on the nationalpulse.com, share the site with your friends. We're so delighted with the redesign. I hope you are too.
1: See you next time.